Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can on this program to give you a leg up in life. Hello. It's hard. Life is difficult. And then, you know, you're not given a manual, so you got to figure it out on your own. Wouldn't it be great if you could just tune in and get some wonderful skills of parenting, communication, conflict resolution, and uh, finding lost people? That is the topic of today's show, uh, Finding Lost People. We have found Skyboy. Skyboy has been missing for more than a week. Uh, we were convinced that he had, you know, a rabid form of uh, head lice, um, that he has probably shaved bald and was going to be found in a ditch somewhere. Uh, boy, were we wrong. The dude didn't even have head lice. Sky, where have you been? Where have I really been? Well, because. <laughs> where's we? Where's your head lice? Why we thought your head would be shaven? I it actually I, I did shave it, but my hair just grows really fast. Wow! So because you got a head full right there. I get head lice almost weekly, and then really? I just shave it off, and it grows back by the end of the week. Really? Yeah. So we were right. You were right. Yeah, but usually because we were guessing, we were just throwing it out there. Like what could have gone wrong? We're like, I bet he's got head lice, and he can't come to school for a while. Yeah. But we were right. Well, I mean, since I get it weekly and I still go to school, it wasn't the head lice that prevented me from coming to school. Well, okay, because we also talked about that. We also talked about the bigger animals that feed off of the lice. Okay. Was it that? Were there other animals? That were attacking me yeah. because they wanted to eat my lice? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but I mean, bear attacks, you know, it's not a big deal for me. I can wow. I can hold my own. See, Bryce, we were right. Are, you're always right, Matt. I well, mean, we didn't exaggerate. <laughs> no. Hooray. We thought we had, and then we find out we hadn't. So then where were you? <laughs> um, I was honestly, I'm uh, helping out with Young Ambassadors, the BYU Young Ambassadors. Pardon? Come again? They're the, the BYU Young Ambassadors. Okay. Yeah. So is that like We're a, not ambassadors. They're like you, political ambassadors. These are representatives to, that go out and, I guess, do political interventions <laughs> for other schools? Close. Okay. Close. Uh, the Young Ambassadors are a singing, dancing... Group. Oh, are you in a singing dancing group? I now? am. Yeah. Do you, do you do singing or dancing? I do both. No, this, really? this is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just do their sound. I board up like I board up your show, Hold but it. I board up the live band. Oh, yeah. Do they know that you don't board up? <laughs> do they know yet. that? Well, they figured it out after the second performance. They figured out that yeah, you don't that really. Wasn't, board I wasn't up. doing anything at all. You just sit there and I look like you there. board up. Yeah. Yeah, I bet they were surprised. Yeah, like, well, hey, isn't our audio supposed to go up right now? No, no, no. Like, I, I, I put the audio up. But oh, you just, just leave it up. I just leave it up. I don't do anything for everyone. Else. Yeah. Did you, Did they ever say, hey, I, shouldn't our audio be down? Yeah, they were saying stuff at me. I just ignore them. They don't know what they're talking they about. Don't, they I'm, don't know what I'm, they really want. I'm the expert. I'm the board. Okay, up. this is actually proving a very good point for our show today. Uh, we're talking about overparenting. That if you overparent somebody that you may disable them later. So I'm getting a feeling that Skyboy's been overparented because it's starting to manifest. That he's the weakling? That he doesn't quite have the self-awareness that you would get if you weren't overparented. Did your parents overparent you, Skyboy? Um, Did they watch every move? Did they feed you every spoonful of food? No, they really didn't. Okay. I can't lie about my parents. No, your parents are great. Yeah. So I, I guess there's no excuse. It's just how I am. It's great. No, it's yeah. wonderful. 
Well, we're glad you're back. Thanks. It's so good to be back. You're looking yeah, a, little m- a little more manly today. Got some scruff. It's because I, I, uh, I have a cold. So you can't shave? Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems unrelated. I it's hard to move my arms. bearing was a symptom of a cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, – when the cold's really bad, it's hard to lift your arms to shave. Oh. And I – yeah, it's hard. So I didn't want to and I don't feel like shaving. And I kind of don't feel like talking. That would be so nice. You picked the wrong job. <laughs> <laughs> so I was hoping you guys would pick it up today. I mean, I mean, I'm not. I know I'm not young ambassadors, and stuff, <laughs> but I'm hoping that Merritt would just take over. I can always take over. You can, or yeah, you can't. I can today. We'll do it, maybe. Like we're talking over parenting. We're talking over parenting. And I have six kids, and my wife would probably claim that I'm an underparent. You're an underparent, so you don't. You aren't involved with them enough. Uh, yeah, I probably need to be more involved, <laughs> but it's hard. <laughs> Especially when you have a cold so yeah. bad you can't lift your arms up. I can't even up. shave. Can't even lift my arms. Don't even ask how I drove here. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to drive like 40 miles with your knee? That would hurt after a while. It's not bad until you have to make like enough. a real like, strong right angle. Then it's really hard. My mom could do it. Give her some sunflower seeds. She could drive anywhere with her knees. Why? You need to go 85 to, uh, you know, from Houston to Dallas. She could do it all knees. Really? But what's with the sunflower seeds? I don't know. She just always drives with sunflower seeds. Really? I she drive was, with sunflower did seeds. Did your mom too. play ball? Yeah. Was she a second baseman? Well, well, when she quit chewing tobacco, she decided to switch to, to sunflower the seeds. The kinder, gentler. Uh, that's funny. We just learned a lot about your mom. Sunflower seeds We had to have her car. on the show. You want to know a funny story? Yeah. My dad thought he was hot stuff when he was a young guy. And he was driving around in his convertible. Yeah. And uh, he was eating sunflower seeds. He's the one that turned my mom yeah, on yeah, to, yeah. The, to the sunflower seeds. Um, but does, he pulled. Does she spit? She spits into a cup. My dad will just spit it out into the See, road. That's very dainty. Which plays into this story. Okay. He pulled to an intersection. These cutie girls pulled up and uh, they just kind of laughed and kept driving away. And my dad was like, hmm, Let's usually I have better game than this. Two minutes later, he looks in the rearview mirror and he has sunflower seeds stuck all over his face. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's been spitting them and the, the air just shut it right he, back. He thought he had it figured out. Like, look at that funny guy. That's okay. We've all done that. Big sores all over his face. Big black <laughs> sores. Does that guy have leprosy? Oh, no. Sores. It's just sunflower seeds. <laughs> oh, let's that not, is funny. Let's not go on a date with him. See? Overparenting. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Relevant. <laughs> everything, everything fits overparenting. Okay, Merritt. Parenting. Okay. Uh, fill me in. Parents are over – they're overdoing it. They're not even letting their kids get a simple cold anymore. Yeah, that would be accurate. I have some great examples. This is from Michigan State University. Okay. Some what examples do they know? of overparenting. I mean, Studies. Um, for example, in the survey that they had, um, 31% of the parents would go ahead and submit the res- a resume to a company for their child. Hold on. One-third-ish. Mm-hmm. Of parents would submit a resume to for a their company, child for their child. Did Wait. the child know? No. Someone's just trying to move their kid. Job, out. and so yeah. they want their kid. Ah, out I see. They're yeah. like, oh, the parent is is doing things for the kid. Really, the parents are just like, if I don't send this in, this kid didn't leave in. Yeah. <laughs> um, twenty six percent will call a company and promote their son or daughter for. Have you the met physician. my son? He's a special kid. That's sad. 12% will make the interview arrangements for their son or daughter. You know, like a, if, like I, okay, if I <laughs> yeah. were in the HR department and someone's parent called, I would I would purposely hire them so that I could fire them two weeks later. You little baby. <laughs> that would be uh, Go back to your mama. Because 
That's they sad. would just call back, wouldn't they? The well, the mom Probably. would call back. <laughs> I don't know. The mom would then have to file a complaint. Maybe that's a bit dark of me to do that, but yeah. I would just, I don't know. You're being dark. 9% of parents will negotiate their salary and benefits for You're the child. You're kidding. And here's my favorite. It's a smaller percent, but I still feel like it's too big. Yeah. 4% <laughs> of parents will attend the interview with their child. And hold on. Do these people get a job? <laughs> You know, I'm thinking they wouldn't I would get hope a job. Not. Like that's how that I got my job here. Well. I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> Did your mom handhold you in here? Yeah, she actually just came in here without me the first time. And closed it. Is this for real? No, <laughs> no I believe she did for real. She got you the job. No, she really. Who didn't. got you the job with Young Ambassadors? Uh, my friend, who's okay. the other engineer. When are you going to get your own job? <laughs> You've you been know, coddled they... too long. Yeah, it's time to grow up. Yeah, but if I if I don't need to get my own job, if it, if I keep getting jobs without having to do anything, why should I ever do anything to get my own job? Oh, that is a cycle that I will mean, kill you. I <laughs> mean, if this train goes far enough, why get off? <laughs> this, But this train is going to eventually reach a point where there's a bridge with no bridge. And then game over, so... We call it a chasm, and he's dead. And then he'll be married with three kids. What, she going to go start setting up his jobs? Why not? <laughs> And the cycle continues. Over-parenting. We're suffering with it right now in our very studio. You haven't been over-parented, though. Maybe you've been under-parented. No, your parents are great. They are great. I really do feel like your parent now, Sky. I really <laughs> I do. You've told me. <laughs> like, I feel like You're I... old enough to be my parent. <laughs> <laughs> what? What did you say? My ears are a little clogged. <laughs> what did you say? You, you, Matt, you're old enough to be my parent. Oh, man. <laughs> if you were my kid, I would take my belt off right now, and I would walk you to the shed. And then what? And then I'd belt you to the shed, and then I'd, I don't know, don't even make me think. Bryce. You have a cold. I do. Well, I was just going to say, that. that's actually, Matt, you would have been... 19 when you had Skylar. Oh. That's pretty young. Me or Skylar because we're the same age. Golly. So You guys are young. Are we? Yeah. I'm old. Yeah. I think it's more that you're old. We're not that young. <laughs> well, you are young. I think it's more that you're old, though. Kind of like that. Is I think the it, cup half full or half empty? I think it's you're more old. Than what more. does the cup have to do with this? <laughs> It's a, it's if a I had a cup right now, I do have a cup. Overparenting. See, back to overparenting. overparenting. <laughs> this is what you're going to get. You get these conversations with, with, with wild kids yeah. in the workplace. Keep going, Mary. Keep going. Don't ignore the. Okay. the <laughs> I'll just dive back in. Okay, here's another study that was done with about 300 freshmen at a college campus, the Keene State College in New Hampshire. Okay, and they surveyed a bunch of people, and they said about 10% of the participants, they kind of concluded that they had been overparented. parented Helicopter okay. parenting, that's like another term for it, right? Yeah, yeah. And they said that this type of person was dependent, vulnerable, self-conscious, anxious, impulsive, and not open to new actions or ideas. Skyboy. <laughs> that is Skyboy. But I wasn't overparented. I know. So what That's what's it? so weird. That's, yeah. You weren't over or under. Your parents are brilliant, incredibly. I think what it is is you are you were born to just act overparented, even though your parents were perfectly parenting you. 
I actually imagine what you would be if they hadn't parented you so well. What is that? You'd be a mess. You'd be a no. You'd be a bigger mess. Okay. You're a good boy. You just. You would just. You'd be a hot mess, right? <laughs> I I wouldn't even say hot. Just a mess. Lukewarm. Let's settle for that. Let's just say I don't know. Steamy. A steamy mess. <laughs> Keep going, Merritt. Keep going. Don't let us interrupt you. You know, uh, I like it when you, it's okay. Is it? Yeah. Um, it's not just about Sky because it, there's other kids like Sky it's that true. are out there. I know. But I the just, rest of us have to live. Just think of all it. the examples of overparenting, yeah. like sports moms and sports dads. Oh, they're kind of scary. They're very scary. Yeah. And again, I underparent. I need to care more. <laughs> I, I mean, I do. Like, you'll be fine. It's be my fine. favorite line of my. You know, but maybe you're doing it the right the right way. Maybe. Wait, have you thought about that? I just had a thought. Tell me what you guys think. Okay, okay. thinking back to the days when I played organized sports. Yeah. The kids who were good. It seemed like the parents were supportive enough and or didn't care at all. Huh. It seemed like the kids that were not very good at all and probably didn't have a future in the sport, those parents cared way too much. Yeah, I think there's some of that, huh? They're pushing harder than the kid even wants to I don't. I don't know if one causes the other. Yeah. But... Well, it just goes back. I We had a show a few weeks ago that was talking about how you... Often rewards make you less motivated. So yes. it's just kind of a thing. If you're so worried about your parents either approving or disapproving or giving you some sort of reward, then, then you, you wouldn't be as motivated. It's like, good. it's like these NBA athletes when they finally sign their big contract. They seem to lose their oomph. The minute we started paying Sky <laughs> for his work. Started getting some attitude from we, him. We started getting nothing. Now, I feel like – so I come from a family of four kids, right? Yeah. It's like you just have to vie for attention so much yeah. that, of course, you're going to be motivated. Right. But if you have your parents' attention all the time, why would you bother doing anything? That's it. So let's – okay. Let's just ignore Sky. Okay. We're going to ignore Sky today. Let's act like he isn't there. <laughs> but let's just talk about He's him like it. we did last week. <laughs> we anytime, talked like, about him. Anytime like, like when, he, when he hits the music to uh, close out of this block, just keep going. Do you think he'll just, even hit the music? I mean, maybe. for real. He might, he might just kill it. He might just turn your mic off. I might just turn the mics off and leave. <laughs> if you're going to ignore me, I'm not going to stay here. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, we know how to turn the mics on now. <laughs> it took us a week. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I can, I can turn your, you can turn yours on and off, but yeah. I control the volume. So if yours is on, but the volume's all the way down. Okay, let's practice that. So what do you, hello? 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 Can you guys hear him through the hello? microphone? <laughs> <laughs> you can hear him through my microphone. Hello? Wasn't that nice? Hello. I bet our listeners really enjoyed that. I didn't like that. That was somewhat more pleasant. I don't know why. I felt I felt like I was just, I don't know, violated. That's a radio violation. Okay. So let's not talk about... You know who. You know that, who. That person. That big redhead guy with the big <laughs> hair problem with the lies. Let's not talk about him. We're going to let him parent himself. Well, I don't know that we dare do that either. No, I, I like that idea. Let's just go. But down. it was pretty funny that Don was here wanting to parent him too. Isn't that great? We all love you. Tell the guy. <laughs> you tell Bryce. You tell Skyboy. We love him. We love you. Thanks, Bryce. Tell Matt. I don't really We're, care. Just too say, much. Say, say, say. Just say this. <laughs> say, say this. Say, say, we love you. We're just not in love with you. 
That makes me hurt inside. I actually can't say those words. <laughs> okay. Just say it's not you that we're mad at. That, it's your actions. It's This is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. Yeah, these are little things I learned as a parent. So. <laughs> well, whatever. Tell Sky we're glad he's back. And we'll uh, today we're fixing over-parenting. So not only are we going to fix Sky and his myriad of problems, we're also probably going to get uh, you some tools, some ideas to make sure you're not over-parenting. You don't want to create future Sky Boys. Who just disappear for a week at a time and no one knows where you are and then you are afraid they're dead in a ditch. With headlines. Were you looking for me? Yeah. I don't believe we that. We called security. <laughs> we even, we dared to call security. Uh, we couldn't get a hold of them. They're very busy. <laughs> we don't know how to use touchtone phones anymore. Yeah. We're, we are helpless. Yeah, we just stood there and cried. We're going to take a break. We're talking over parenting today. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about over-parenting. And, uh, again, we want to welcome back Skyboy, uh, our black sheep, our, our lost black sheep who wandered from the group and luckily wasn't made into a sheep kebab. Sheep pie? Can she be Shepherd's pie? pie. Sheep kebab? Yeah. Welcome never... back. Thank you. It would have been great just next time that you just let everyone know. Okay. I like the element of surprise, though. Obviously. That's so great. <laughs> um, hey, Bryce. You uh, you apparently, you know, you don't like overparenting. Uh, I don't think it's all that great for us. Why? What's the big deal? Um, I don't think it's doing anyone any favors. Hmm. So you think it's weakening us? I would say severely. The rant from Bryce. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce's Right. I think we're making our kids weak and dumb. We're paralyzed by our knowledge. We're aware of how many ways we can get hurt. But we also know so many ways to avoid the pain. So when I see kids riding their bike with a helmet, knee pads, wrist pads, elbow pads, tailbone pads, a parachute, full body chainmail, and three airbags, I can't help but wonder if all that equipment is doing more harm than good. I get it, though. We don't want our kids covered in scabs. We don't want them to break a bone, be disfigured, paralyzed, or otherwise permanently damaged. But at what point was it too much for the kid on the bike? Let's analyze. Now, I'll admit, the airbags, chainmail, and the parachute were exaggerations, but we all know someone who would go that far if they could. Let's ignore those. How about the tailbone pad? This is there to mitigate damage when you lose the bike and land on your posterior. It's a rare occurrence, that part of the body is rather padded by default, and a broken tailbone only takes time to get over. This one is unnecessary. Bare elbows get skinned pretty easy when they're used as brakes, but that's really the only injury they're good at preventing, so they're not necessary either. Knee pads are similar. There's a possibility you can mess up your knee, but a knee pad won't really prevent that injury. That's more a function of the bones moving and then suddenly stopping. We'll count this one as unnecessary. Now, the wrist pad, I get these. If your elbow sometimes gets used as a brake, they're the emergency brakes, and your hands act as the foot brake. When we fall, we'll reflexively put our hands out to stop ourselves. That soft skin on our palms likes to disintegrate when it slides across pavement. And stopping yourself with your hands is a great way to break anything from your fingers all the way up to your shoulder. As unpleasant as all that is, though, you can still recover. Last up is the helmet. This one makes perfect sense. It keeps our brain and spine safe. 
These can easily get permanently injured, and helmets do a great job of preventing this. So here's the cool thing about biking. The helmet is there to make sure I live to ride another day, but anything less than that, it's up to me. I've had my share of road rash, but I also learned something very important. I learned how to fall and prevent myself from getting hurt, a skill that can only be learned by trial and error that includes a few skinned elbows, knees, and palms. So when you got a parent, which one are you? Are you the parachute? Do you go way over the top preventing problems that aren't even a possibility? Are you the knee pad? Do you go over the top to prevent inconveniences? Or are you the helmet preventing any mortal danger but giving them the latitude to learn and grow? All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. You just designed an entire workshop right there. There you go. I should get paid. Oh, wait, I do. But not that much. Helmet, knee pad, parachute. Yeah, helmet, knee pad, parachute. Don't steal that. I That is my next class. My sister's a lawyer. Well. I'm just saying. Have her call my people. Okay. Um, so are you, which are you? Oh, You're I'm a helmet. Like, no, 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 no. You're not even a helmet. No, I'm kind of like good a shirt. <laughs> I'm like a shirt. You're kind of like a kinda, piece of gum. <laughs> I block the wind and bugs. That's about it. See, I am probably more of a helmet guy. Until their grades are failing, then I'm a major parachute. Gotcha. Swing right in and scare them to death. Scare scare them to death? You, you mean the, the teachers and the yeah. principal? Like, do not mess with us. No, that's interesting. But it's hard because these are your kids. But see, we're messing our kids up. I I think they are they're lack the ability or the skill of falling. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I My parents... I was a latchkey kid, so I was home alone all day. Created havoc. Yeah. We blew up microwaves. Uh, we didn't know. Put a know. CD in the microwave. Nobody told you you can't put metal in like a Like forks? It's yeah. a light show. What's the worst thing that could happen back then? That's back when you would actually hear the microwave. Started warping the light no, you really, around like, it. All the light would dim. And um, <laughs> it was scary. But I learned that... A hefty bag is not a parachute. No, they are not. They're not, not even close. Like, but it filled up with air. Looks like it. Yeah. Doesn't act like it. No, not even close. I just jumped right off our tricky bars, about a story high, very top. Wait, what, what were they called? They're called tricky bars. Tricky bars. We called them tricky bars because you could do tricks on them. Oh. Was this a ladder? It was a ladder. It was a ladder cemented in the ground with a fire pole on it. And other poles that you'd go do gymnastic tricks on. I have no concept of what this is supposed to be. It's just it, it, go, it seems go like, Google tricky bars. <laughs> it looks like <laughs> what you just described was stair concrete stair steps. No, no, no. It's a ladder. Oh, it's a ladder. It's okay. a ladder, like a ladder, like, like a metal. It's a steel. It's a steel ladder. Is it like monkey bars? It's like monkey bars. Okay. With, yeah, but kind of yeah, but it's all very yeah vertical. Okay. I guess it's, you it's one story high. And it's I like climbed a, to the very top of it and I had a plastic bag. You know what you should have like, got? Three what? plastic bags. I yeah. Space I should, shuttle. Well yeah, that's easier said, you know, after the fact. But I wasn't a physicist. <laughs> okay, I was five, six, seven. I was and 12. I would argue I was eighteen years old. I would I would argue that you were a physicist, just not a very good one. Yeah, I was a horrible and I just jumped. See? Jumped. That's how I learned. Plastic bags don't save you. Boom. Lesson. My kids have never learned that lesson. One day. They're we don't be... even have tricky bars. <laughs> I, I, I don't, don't think, think anyone they... has yeah, tricky right. bars anymore. 
I don't know what they maybe are. news got out that some kid broke both of broke yeah both of his legs. By the way, off. fire pole had like a weird thing welded on it that was kind of like a speed bump. So it was a fire it was a fire pole with a speed bump. Ow! Yeah, we wouldn't even let our kids have that today. They, we wouldn't even tolerate. They'd that. They chip a tooth on it. When I grew up, we didn't use seat belts. Seat belts for, were for wussies and people who really liked um, you know intact brain cavities. Yeah. <laughs> Noobs. So those see back then, parents we just didn't they just didn't care about us like they do today. We're weakening our children. Take away their seatbelts. Our kids can't even take a hit. <laughs> our kids can't take a hit. Hey, today we're talking parenting. If you have a parenting question for our expert, give us a call. Dr. Tim Elmore will be joining us. On the, on the phone, he's going to be talking about the effects of over-parenting. So if you have any questions, hey, is this too much, or what do I do here, uh, this is your man. 1-800-655, what is it? 1-800, no, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. I almost gave you my home phone number. <laughs> don't, don't call me at home. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. We'll get you on the line with Dr. Tim Elmore. You'll get a book, anybody that gets on the line with us. And we'll try and get you the last four digits of Matt's phone number by the end of the show. That's right. As soon as we get Bryce's middle name. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Give us a call. We're taking calls on parenting issues. We'll be right back on over-parenting right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're talking parenting and uh, even uh, maybe more importantly, over-parenting. We have got a wonderful guest that's going to be joining us and teaching us, you know, the ins, the outs, the tricks to parenting this new generation. It's not an easy thing, as you've seen, as we've just kind of wrestled with our own studio uh, show, our our teen, that is our in-house teenager, Skyboy. Hanson, our cute little boy that disappeared on us for a week. Sky? Yeah. We were worried. I find that hard to believe, the way you treat me when I am here. <laughs> um, you stick with us, okay, Sky? <laughs> okay. We're going we're gonna, to we'll, we're gonna talk you through this. We're going to walk you down. I really appreciate that. And guess what? By the way, Daddy got you some tricky bars. You got me a tricky bar? Mm-hmm. I've always wanted it's a, a tricky It's bar. not a bar. It's bars. Bars. Because one bar would just be a pole. Is it like monkey bars? It's not. Kind of on the side? It's kind of like monkey bars. And there's like a fireman pole uh-huh. with a speed bump? With a speed bump. I've always wanted one of those. On yours, though, I had them put three bumps in. Oh, thanks. Just so when you, you know. So you I don't, don't go too fast. I don't want you to go too fast. I yeah. want you to have to work away, your way down the pole with the bumps. Um, today, our guest is Dr. Tim Elmore. He is a leading authority on how to understand the next generation and prepare tomorrow's leaders today. He's a best-selling author, international speaker, president of Growing Leaders, a nonprofit that helps develop emerging leaders. Tim and his team provides public schools, universities, civic organizations, and corporations with resources that foster the growth of young leaders and uh, who can eventually, you know, help transform society. He's taught leadership for over 30 years. You can find more information at his website, growingleaders.com. Tim, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. 
Thank you, Matt. Great to be with you. Good to be with you. And uh, really, this is such an important topic. You you wrote on the subject. There's a, a great uh, growingleaders.com. You have a wonderful blog there. Three huge mistakes we make leading kids and how to correct them. I love that. But one of them is we don't we don't let them play, do we? <laughs> we don't let them go live like we were talking about these tricky bars I had growing up that you know you could die on. Well, you know, it's true. I, I do touch on that in that one blog, Three Huge Mistakes. European counselors picked this up first, and then it's been American and Australian therapists as well. But you remember, about 20, 25 years ago, parents across America started saying, we want to take those monkey bars or jungle gyms off the playground. Yeah, danger. Because kids were falling off. Yeah, they were skinning their knee. They were breaking their arm. Yeah. And um, it made sense at the time. In fact, if all we're concerned about that is they're not skinning their knee, then absolutely, good move. Yeah. The problem is those kids who were 7, 8, and 9 about 20 years ago, they're now 27, 28, and 29, we're now finding these young adults because they weren't able to learn to navigate risk. Right. Now the stakes are higher. They're afraid to do things. They're risk-averse, and it's because we didn't let them learn to navigate those risks when they were younger. So we're making decisions for the now, but maybe not for the for the future. Oh, that's huge. It, I mean, I, I totally – I can totally see how, you know – we do this. In fact, I, I've got a caller that we have to get to right away. We weren't going to bring callers on this early, but Tim, I think you're going to like this caller because maybe this is the the caller is a child saying okay. his name is Tucker. He's a kid. He's from Lovell, Wyoming, and he's got a question about parents and how they maybe parent or what how they communicate. So, uh, Tucker, are you there? Yep. How are you, buddy? Good. Um, just to make it correct, we are in Level right now, but we live in Shell, Wyoming. Okay, great. Okay, good. Okay, so clarify, Tucker, you have a question for our, our great guest, Dr. Tim Elmore. W- what's your question for Dr. Tim? Yep. And oh, turn your so, radio down. That might help. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Um, I am... Are you there, Tucker? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I, when we were younger, my mom would always have us stay in the top field because it was, we have a lot of snakes around our property, uh-huh. and they wanted us to stay up so that we wouldn't get bitten by one. Right. And so our parents would always exaggerate, saying like, Oh, you can't go down there in a bomb field because there's... There's so many snakes. Yeah, there's so many. And so we were always like that. And because of that, we were only allowed to ride our bikes to the intersection a block away. Uh Uh-huh. So then they started doing that for a while. But then when uh, more kids came along and she started to realize that they needed more freedom to keep on going. Oh, did so, she? But but then all of a sudden you had this fear that there's a million snakes on the on the upper <laughs> field. So yeah. so that's a great question, Tucker. Let's ask Dr. Tim. So Tim, what do you think? So this is, I mean, he shot right out of the gate, wanted to ask the question. You know, parents kind of over-exaggerate to create a little yeah. bit more fear there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tucker, it's probably good for you to know 
that your your uh, parents probably love you very very much as most parents do for their children, but we sometimes mistake our love for our kids to to we just want to. Uh, shelter and coddle and you know we want to do so much to make sure you don't have any pain but sometimes that doesn't help you get ready you know for the future yeah where you may have a boss one day and it will be painful <laughs> yeah he's not concerned quite quite as much about clapping for you and and keeping you safe and so forth so my big thing is your mom keep in mind moms and dads do these safety things because we really do care but here's another thought that came to my mind you mentioned when there were more kids it became she became more ready to, you know, let you have some freedom. A hundred years ago, families were way larger. I mean, you know, it was like 13, 14, right. 15 kids. That was normal. Yeah. Today it's like 2.2 kids. So we do nurture more because we can. Yeah, we've but got kids, the bandwidth. For 15 kids, you, you shoot, man, you, hey, good luck with that today, you know. We, we just <laughs> let them go out Well, there. it's interesting, and, isn't it? Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, doctor. No, no, go ahead. It, I was just, just – Well, I'll finish my yeah. sentence real quick. Obviously, when there's more, you can't do as much, and maybe, just maybe, that was better for us to learn life because you had to navigate your way a little bit more on your own. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking is you um, – it seems like we loosen with – I have six children, and it seems like I've loosened with each one of them. You know, the first ones, yeah. you're like, no, yeah. you're not going to fall, and the last ones are like, oh, yeah. you fell? No way. Yeah. Um, didn't even notice that. <laughs> Were you behind me? I didn't even notice I ran over you Then just hurt you. Sorry, son. But um, when you look at it, I, I guess our fear is we don't want to overparent, and I'd love you to tell us why, the dangers of that. Yeah. But it seems like we're also so afraid of underparenting that we're overdoing it. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, nobody wants their child when they're 30 years old to be seeing a therapist because they didn't get enough TLC. Right. So we're so afraid of not doing enough. We look around us in our neighborhoods. And there are peer parents, you know, are getting the iPhone and they're g- g- putting helmets on them at dinner time. I'm right. just kidding. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, Buckle we're up, kids. So we're eating. Much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're afraid that we're going to be seen as the bad parent. I actually just talked to a mother that said she had a college daughter, a daughter in college, mm-hmm. and she said her friends were saying, your mom must not love you very much. And she goes, Why? She said, because she's not visiting every, every week, a couple of times a week. Her friends <laughs> she's not neurotic. had mothers yeah. who were visiting every week. So this mom's obviously feeling the pressure of going, well, maybe I should be visiting my daughter every yeah. week. So to all the moms and dads out there, can I just tell you, you can love your children without smothering. You can mother without smothering. You can father without bothering. Hmm. And, and I'm saying maybe the wisdom in this thing is to say, how can I communicate total belief and total love for my kids, while at the same time, not just protecting, but preparing. And that's what I'm after, helping you get become trainers, not just lovers of your children, to get them ready for most of their life, which will be in adulthood. I love that. And you frame this whole thing in the kind of in the in the field of, of leadership. You're trying to help your kids be prepared yeah. to be independent leaders. Absolutely. Well, just to be clear, this really, I think this conversation started with the blog. The three huge mistakes that I think we make are simply these. And, and there's probably 300, but let me just yeah, sure. three that I think I've made and, and I want to correct. We risk too little, we rescue too quickly, and we rave too easily. Hmm. And by the way, I say all of this in the context of I absolutely love my children. Yeah. I have a daughter and a son. And I love the 50,000 kids I get to be in front of every year. Absolutely adore them because I love them. 
I say this, we risk too little, we rescue too quickly, we rake too easily. And I think if we make some corrections, maybe some mid-course corrections, we can actually really get them ready to be the best generation of adults we've ever seen in America. What What do you mean, get into we, we risk too little, I, I guess is that we just don't allow the kids to go where there's a snake. <laughs> yeah. That seems like pretty risky. That's one way to put it. Yeah. Well, um, I, I'm not going to try to give you too much here because I know we have to be in, in talking sound bites, but I actually think this started <clears throat> 30 years ago. You probably remember the Tylenol scare oh, back yeah. in 1982. Yeah. Tylenol was laced with some sort of poison. Well, that was September of 82. The next month is October. Kids are going out trick or treating, yeah. they're getting candy from strangers. OMG. We suddenly, I mean, it was like with one voice, there were hotlines sprigged up and PTA meetings were called. And with one voice, we said, we will no longer let these kids do anything unsafe. It was like it galvanized us right. as moms and dads to, you know, to do the safety thing. Well, after that, if you remember, the milk cartons were showing pictures of missing children yes. on the milk carton. And we thought, oh, my gosh, that could be my child. There were a number of things happened, happening in the 80s that were triggering us. Things were not getting more unsafe, but we became aware of all the falls and failures and slips and flops and fumbles and misabducted children. And I think we thought if we're going to be caring, we have to make sure that nothing ever happens to them. Yeah. And I don't think that's true. I no. just don't. But, but we thought that. So the risk too little was we started hearing, you know, these danger, toxic warning signs everywhere, and we started putting safety belts, safety seats, helmets and and we just decided not to let them do anything unsafe. And the only argument I give to that is this. Our world truly isn't that much less safe than right. it was even 30 years ago. It's, it's crazy. If you look at the numbers, it's not. But we became aware, and now we're not letting them grow older and growing up where they're, they're learning to navigate those 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 fairly unsafe times yeah. where the risks are fairly low, but they're able to learn how to do them. Oh, I love that. I mean, it's it seems really commonsensical. And when you tie it back to the Tylenol scandal or whatever that was, yeah, I mean, yeah. and I, yeah. I, you know, we grew up then. That was that was a big deal. Like yeah. that's when they really yeah. started checking your bag for candy. <laughs> And then, then so I found true. out later as an adult, that's just where the parents do a little skimming, and they just start taking. Yeah, yeah. Those that's where the taxes. My parents called it a tax, and we tax my kids like forty percent on all of their candy. Yeah, but you know it's a good teaching moment. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Sad. We uh, we're talking uh, parenting, over parenting. We're going to come back with our uh, wonderful guest, Dr. Tim Elmore. He is going to keep teaching us about rescuing too quickly, raving too easily. We're taking your calls. If you have a parenting question. Any question about uh, then how do you do this? How do you approach your children in a way to make sure that you're, you know, you're optimizing their future instead of maybe, um, I don't know, enabling them? Give us a call. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. We'll get you on the phone here with Dr. Tim, and uh, he'll sort it out for you. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, so today we're talking about overparenting. Earlier in the show, I talked about the fact that I grew up and had these monkey bars, which back then we used to call tricky bars. 
So Sky, in his, uh, I don't know, Googleish paradigm, Googled tricky bars, and all that came up were, like, granola bars. They look like brownie cookie yeah. Yeah. Well, that's things. not what they I was look, talking they about. They look delicious. Okay, that's not the kind of tricky bar I was talking about. That's it's, not the kind of tricky bar you're trying to jump off The tricky bar was like a monkey bar with more trick in it. <laughs> so... Anyway, I'm getting oh, I'm getting closer to finding them. I may have found them. Anyway, um, forget that. You're you're taking us off topic. We're talking to the great <laughs> Dr. Tim Elmore, and you just keep distracting us. I'm sorry. Okay, that's all right. Um, Dr. Tim Elmore is joining us. He's a best-selling author, international speaker, and president of Growing Leaders, which is a nonprofit group helping to develop emerging leaders. We want to teach our kids how to be a leader, and for heaven's sakes, maybe as parents, we're impeding their ability to actually learn how to lead, to learn how to, you know, be in charge of their life. And he uh, he just introduced us. By the way, you can go to the website growingleaders.com, and you can get all the information you need about that. Um, but he introduced us to three big mistakes that parents make. Number one, we risk too little. We don't allow our kids to go on tricky bars and hang upside down from their knees without a helmet four feet off the ground, without a padded ground. We don't allow that, even though, look, I did it, and look how I turned out. And so it works just fine. Um, So, Dr. Elmore, are you there? I'm here. You're trying to help us. You don't want us to go risk our children's lives. You're just saying kids need to be able to, you know, effectively risk. And, I mean, parents need to let let there be a healthy dose of risk. Absolutely. And I think, um, see if this makes sense, uh, listeners. Um, When they're younger, I think the risk should be in proportion to their age. But the good news is if we let them risk at 5 or 7 or 10 or 13, the stakes are low. This is a good time to take a risk. Right. I'm not going to, you know, ruin somebody's life because I made a bad business deal or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So let them do this. Then when they get to their 20s, they're ready to take the hire. They're ready to perhaps get married. They're ready to have that big career job and do that big interview. Yeah. Um, here's what scares me. We're now seeing the results of a group of kids that have come through our country, grown up, and yet they're not ready. A full one-third of all the males in America between the ages of 22 and 34 still live at home with their parents. Wow. That's a ton. That so is. Ladies, if you're looking for a husband, go, go to mama's house. Just call mama. Yeah, mama right. got him. Now, <laughs> I don't mean to be cruel yeah. here, but I'm just saying, why would they still be there? Of course the economy's bad. It's not that bad. It isn't. Right. I think we've been creating risk-averse young adults who should be out there trying it out, yeah. using their God-given gifts and, and going after it. And I think we didn't get them ready to do that. So it's too risky. That's my concern. Yeah, yeah, it's too risky. Well, and so. you know what? Let me just tell you what's going to be really bad, though, Tim. When they finally go out on their first date, they're going to have elbow pads, knee pads, a helmet. <laughs> they're going to have a big parka <laughs> on because they don't want to catch right. a cold. And that's they'll right. have some, Absolutely. you know, they'll have some, uh, some medicine. What's it called? The stuff you put on your hands. The germ stuff, so they won't. Oh, the Purell. Yeah, they'll have Purell, Purell on the hand, yes. just to make sure nothing, nobody gets sick. Um, so that was one of yours. We risk too little. You also talked about the fact that parents today we might rescue too quickly. Is that is that yeah. you mean we intervene too quickly? 
Absolutely. Um, obviously, we need to rescue our kids if they're in danger, no doubt about it. I'm talking here about the predisposition we have today as moms and dads to swoop in and save the day. It starts with little things like our child forgot their backpack, so we run it over the school. Our child did, what, you know, yeah. uh, didn't take their paper in. Those are the little things. But do you realize when we start rescuing them this way, they start thinking intuitively, well, I know there are no consequences, really. If I don't bring it, mom or dad will swoop in and they'll save me. And this is not how life works. No. You know, one day they're going to be grown-ups, and you can't swoop in or you shouldn't. And now they're needing someone else when they ought to be self-sufficient. And the backpack thing turns into something bigger and bigger. We have numbers on this. We don't have time to share all the numbers. But we need to let them know that when you're young, this is the time where you realize, you know what, sweetheart, I'd love to bring the backpack to you. But the only way you're going to learn is the the consequences that befall you if you don't have it. It's not the end of the world, and by golly, you probably will remember it tomorrow because this was an emotionally painful moment when you and the teacher have a little, you know, come to Jesus meeting, and, <laughs> and you realize that was the wrong thing to do. We, so we've I been living this, Doctor Tim. The big idea. We've been living it in our <laughs> studio because we have a guy here that just didn't show up for a week, uh, and, and then he shows up today, and he's like, "What?" And we're like, what, what? Where have you been, man? We thought, we thought he was dead. We thought he had head lice. We thought he was yeah. in trouble. He didn't have head lice, by the way, um, yeah. because yeah. his mother yeah. had fixed that. But he didn't yeah. show up. So first they're leaving a backpack and mom's saving them. Yeah. The next thing you know, they're not showing yeah. up for work. You know what? You're going to laugh at this, but we actually are talking to employers in major cities that are saying mother is joining junior at the job interview. I know. We just read that. That is messed up. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And you're thinking, first of all, wouldn't you think for a male especially, maybe for both males and females, that would just be humiliating oh, yeah. for, you know. But, but I tell you what, we're talking to college students that are actually saying my mom is like my agent. My mom is my <laughs> PA, my personal assistant. Uh, in fact, can I tell you one story that is yeah, just, please. It's just a hoot to me? It's, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. <laughs> I have a faculty, a faculty member who's a friend of mine at Syracuse University. She teaches first-year students, and she said she just handed back her first set of tests to her freshman students. One of the girls in the class got a C-minus on the paper. Huh. Well, she had never, ever gotten a C-minus in her life before. So she had a meltdown right there in class. Well, as she has her meltdown, the first thing she thinks to do is reach in her backpack and pull out her cell phone. She texts mom. Oh, no way. Mom makes the mistake of texting back and says, she says, call me right away. So right there in class, in the middle of class, she calls her mom. And if that's not bad enough, if that's not bad enough, she goes, okay, mom, hands the phone to the teacher and says, she wants to talk to you. You are kidding me. No, and I wish I could tell you this was an isolated incident. This is happening hundreds of thousands of times. Holy cow. Every year. Yeah. So again, what does the child learn? The child learns, hey, no consequences. Yeah. Mom will figure this out. And I just feel like that's, that's not getting them ready. They're uh, going to need to be leading us in 20 years. Right. We need to get them ready. Hey, uh, really quick, Dr. Tim, do do you have that girl's phone number? Because Skyboy, our board op, really wants to call her. <laughs> What's the meet her? <laughs> he yeah. wants to meet her. Right. <laughs> he thinks she sounds hot. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, you, know you, wanna, you laugh at that, but that's, that's real. Do you know what I mean? I yeah, mean, it is. It's crazy. That is. Yeah. Hey, you, can you talk to my mom, Professor Jones? 
My mom wants yeah. to make sure she knows the assignment before we get home. It's just well, can I, it's weakening. I don't want to offer. I'm, I'm not a, a, a psychologist, and I even hesitate ever being called an expert because it's a moving target. But right. here's one thing I am noticing. In many ways, we do this, I think, because we are living out our unlived life through our child. Yeah, oh, yeah. These children are so important to us. God knows we don't want them to fail. That's a reflection on us. Right. And so we, we need to make sure we're healthy emotionally. And so our kids can fall, and we go, you know what? It's okay. And I know this looks bad on me because my kid, kid didn't make straight A's, but you know what? They're going to be great adults with soft skills, ready for employment, and, and <laughs> like we need to let it, let it happen. But then they're only so. going to get the employment if we keep pushing. I mean, it really is. I guess with yeah. fewer children, you are an extension. There's some yeah. benefit, though, of, of the, the, I just remember it. it. It seemed like it was almost neglectful, but I learned so much just having to learn so much. We were, um, yeah. yesterday I was helping my son fix a desk, put together one of those desks like that you get at Ikea that come in 50 pieces. And I'm looking yeah. at him like, yeah. do you think you could do this without me? And he looked at me 16 years old. He's like, no way. Because he didn't even know that you just turn yeah. that one screw and it'll just lock that bolt. If you just turn that screw to lock that bolt. But there's little yeah, simple yeah. things that I learned. My As a single kid, I'd climb on my roof. Um, I was a single kid. By the way, I was single a lot of my childhood. Yeah, as a child, you were single. Yeah. Good. yeah. As, a, as a latchkey kid, my mom would go. But I, would, I was the one that was in charge of getting the air conditioning working. So wow. at 10, not 10, probably 12, 13, yeah. I was on the roof of our house, putting and changing the filters in our air conditioner and getting everything working. And yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure it scared wow. my mom, but, you yeah. know, it was only a story high. What's the worst thing that yeah. could happen? Well, yeah. you know, she came home and I'm <laughs> hanging from a rain gutter. Mom! But I learned yeah. stuff doing that, <laughs> and I gained self-esteem, and I gained confidence, and I just sit here and I look yeah. at my son like... You don't even know how to put this little table together, do you, son? He's like, yeah. nope. Yeah. But then, then I guess I just, I don't know. I just probably overparented because I didn't want to go buy another desk for $100. Well, we, we want to be good parents, no doubt about it. But I tell you what, I want to volley back a story to, that will call you on your story there. Yeah. Can, you, can you hang I, on to that I, thought, Tim? Let's take a yeah, break. Absolutely. But then I want to come back and um, I want you to get into uh, talk about raving too much. I okay. also can you also be planning on hanging one more break with us? I'd love you to go sure. two more breaks after this one because I want to get some callers in here as well. One eight five five chat BYU. Do you have a question for Dr. Tim Elmore? Not a parenting expert, even though he is, but he's a he's a guy that can give you some real insight into how to create true leadership in your kids, how to make sure they're independent and able to be interdependent. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. 1-855-CHAT-BYU. Give us a call. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. (sighs) Dr. Matt Townsend here. Sporting a little cold today, but uh, so happy that our long-lost puppy has made his way back home. Cute little Sky Boy, who ran away from home, has made it back. Sky, welcome back, brother. Thanks, Matt. It's good to be back. You look good. You have a few scratches. It was a rough week. It was a rough week. Yeah. Uh, 
Again, none of us know the story of actually where he went. I'm not allowed to discuss those He's details. not allowed to discuss it, except HR and his boss have been hanging around. <laughs> so we've missed you. You're glad you're back. Thanks. I'm glad to be back. I mean... This is, this is just great, you know? It, again, this is the reason we're doing the show, because last week, uh, Sky, I feel like I'm his father. I feel like his parent figure. Um, he just disappeared. Just didn't come into work for a week. And didn't bother to tell anybody and we were just scared so then we thought you know maybe it was something to do with parenting (laughs) and so um that's how we put together a show today on over parenting we've got an awesome guest dr tim elmore is joining us he's a leading authority on how to understand the next generation which hello we all need we need to figure out these kids of ours he's a best-selling author and international speaker he is the president of growing leaders which is a nonprofit that helps developing develop emerging leaders. He works with public schools, universities, civic organizations, and companies, corporations, giving them the resources, you know, that can help. So he's trying to bring together a community. You know, the money, the people, the employers, the schools, the parents, in order to teach these kids how to be better leaders. You can go find out about his program at growingleaders.com. He's been teaching leadership for over 30 years, and now he's helping us understand kids. He's taught us so far, basically, we risk too little. We don't we don't risk enough with our kids. We don't even let them have age-appropriate risk anymore. We kind of just try to you know insulate them in this big bubble and not let the world get near them. We also um, tend to rescue too quickly we were too quick to jump in and make sure that you know we take on their we're the bumper for them instead of letting them be their own bumper in life. And last but not least, uh, you had a story for us, Tim, about rescuing a bit, I guess. Well, I was just going to say, I I think that life skills are developed when moms and dads, and for that matter, teachers, coaches, etc., allow kids to have these experiences that build life. I don't think you get it through a lecture. Right. Um, I, I think you just have to do it. And I was starting to say, I remember exactly when and where I learned the art of conflict resolution. Where? Uh, it would, uh, I'll tell you where it was. It was a big ball field out back of our house. And after school, a bunch of us guys would get home, do our homework, and then we'd gather out to that ball field, 15 or 20 of us, and we'd choose up our own sides. And we'd ump our own game. Yeah, yeah. I learned conflict resolution. Oh, right, exactly. Day after day after day. Today, if they're outside at all, they might be inside in front of a screen. But if they're outside at all, there's four mothers out there doing the conflict resolution for them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the kids are going, great, super, thanks. It's and so again, true. that muscle atrophies, the conflict resolution muscle. So I'm, I'm arguing, moms and dads, think about it. What are those life skills that you would say, I wish my kid had? And are there exercises we can introduce? that would build that muscle, and it's not going to happen through a talk. It's going to happen through providing safe places to experiment and build those muscles. Love it. Uh, We'd love to take your calls. If you have a question for Tim Elmore, Dr. Tim Elmore, about overparenting, about how much is too much, some of the impact you'll see from that, give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU, and we'll get you on the phone with uh, Dr. Elmore. We'll also, if we use your question on the air, we'll give you um, a book and let you pick from a list of books. So give us a call, 1-855-CHAT-BYU. We were also talking about we rave too easily. So I guess, do you sense that we're just too quick to compliment our kids? 
Well, see, every kid needs encouragement, so I'm not against encouragement. I'm for it, actually. But there's something that's happened in this generation of parents that's caused us to rave very easily and probably over the wrong things. Let me, yeah. let me illustrate. Dr. Carol Dweck is at Stanford University. She did a lot of research while she was at Columbia in New York, and she had a hunch that maybe this praising, this raving thing was going to backfire. She discovered that 85% of American parents think it's important to tell their children, you're smart. Hmm. And the reason we do that, obviously, is because we think that's going to give them a little confidence oh, the sure. next time they have to take a test. But here's what she did. She did an experiment. She took two large groups of fifth-grade children, and, and she gave them both, they, they gave them both a test. To the first group, after the test was over, they were told, you must be smart. The second group was told, you must have really tried hard. You see the difference? Uh-huh, yeah. Well, afterwards, they were given a second round of tests, and they told the, the kids, now, you don't have to take this one. It's a little bit harder. In fact, it's a seventh-grade level test. Well, they asked the first group, do you want to take this test? And 90% of them didn't want to take the test. The ones that had just been told they were smart didn't want to risk confirming that they weren't. Huh. It's almost like they had a sneaking suspicion. Well, I don't think I really am. <laughs> you just told me, I think I'm going to stop right here. Yeah. You know, I'm going to stop. It's almost like if I can't win the game, I don't want to play. Right. Now, this is interesting. The second group that was affirmed for their effort, they all wanted to take the test. And even though very few of them did well, because it was a seventh grade level test, she, she said the comment we kept hearing them say under their breath as they took the test was, this is my favorite test. This is my favorite test. Really? They love the challenge of the test. Yeah. Now, here's the clincher. The third round of tests were given, and they said, this is a fifth grade level test. This is very doable. The first group that had been told they were smart actually did 30% worse on the test. Oh, man. And Carol Dweck drew the conclusion after talking to these kids. They were thinking to themselves, well, if I'm so smart, I shouldn't have to try so hard. Yep. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Totally. If I'm really that smart, how come all this takes so much work? The second group did measurably better. And the point she was making was simply this. When we affirm our kids, we need to make sure that we don't overdo it and that we affirm things that are in their control. Huh, like their, their work control. ethic. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? If you affirm your kids, for, I love the way you tried hard. I love how honest you are. Those are character qualities that are in their control, and they go, I can repeat that. And so I, that totally shifted the way I'm, what I'm saying to my own children. Yeah. I'm thinking, I tend to say, you're beautiful, you're smart. Well, they're going, I don't think I am, but, you know, thanks. And, right. And then pretty soon, my motivation and my incentive drops because I think it's, it's a variable out of my control. Love that. I mean, that, that seems, yeah. again, look at how advanced that is. I mean, years ago, we, we never got into this psychology. I don't think our parents had yeah, this yeah. psychology of how to motivate us, right? And uh, we're now into it, but now we're kind of we're going we're we're going the wrong direction. We're we're motivating yeah. them on something they can't control, versus something they yep. can control. It's so true. It's almost counterintuitive. So maybe we need to get back to the fundamentals and say, you know, maybe what our grandparents did. You know, yeah. affirm the effort, the work ethic. The it sounds like it. I, I know it probably sounds like a grandpa right now, but you sound I like a grandpa, probably, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. You knew getting it. old. But it really, that's but right. it were. I mean, what you're saying though, and, and, yeah. and it, I guess in a way, that's how you tie this to leadership because 
yeah, leadership absolutely. are the principles that are kind of universal, the grandma and grandpa, law of the harvest kind of stuff. Absolutely. And really, uh, Matt, that's the reason why we at Growing Leaders, we created a resource called Habitudes. Habitudes are images that form leadership habits and attitudes. We think it needs to start with a conversation that leads to an experience. And because the picture is worth a thousand words, we're, um, we have these Habitude books and videos that actually teach timeless, universal principles in leadership hmm. through a picture. Every picture represents a principle, but, you know, that starts a conversation. So at dinner time, I actually did these with my kids first over the last 20 years, where they, we talk over a, a picture, and that led to a conversation, and that led to an experience, and we began to instill these in our own children. And now we have about 7,000 schools that are using these, but we wow. think we've got to get back to these basics to teach our kids what they got to learn. That is... I mean, as a guy that worked for Franklin Covey for years, going into corporate America, mm-hmm. teaching the importance of habits, especially like yeah, principle-based, yeah, you know I mean, it works. And it honestly, how it simplifies your life to get down to a very principled form, it also, having the habit in a principle um, helps you be, be yeah. able to make up multiple solutions. It's not Absolutely. just one solution. It's not yeah. like one idea. You're teaching hard work as a principle instead of, you know, use your cell phone. That's just, yeah, that's exactly. a tool. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's a, yeah. And You're you see it's on. making a difference. As you, as you go teach this to kids, it seems like they'd naturally pick it up. Yeah, they really do. In fact, it's just a new, more epic way through images and conversations yeah. and experiences to teach rather than a lecture. Here's, here's a way to start the ball rolling. And it's been so fun to see kids. We, I have, I know this happens to you too, but we have stacks of notes from people that have, have received something from us and they just say, thank you. I now feel like I've got hope or I've, I've got a job now or, you know, whatever. And it's just so rewarding to yeah. see they are cool. They're great. They're loaded with potential. They just needed someone to start a conversation. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Oh, it's amazing that A, we survived, B, we haven't ruined them yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, yet and yet the funny thing yeah. is, is here we're on the cutting edge of all of this information and these wonderful studies, and yet we're just barely starting to disseminate this information. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. That's pretty cool. Let's take a break. Uh, we're going to come back and, and wrap this up. I'd love you, Tim, to when we come back um, to teach us about – leadership skills what are the things we should be doing with our kids day in day out that would kind of help them you know grow their their leadership abilities we're uh, we're talking with dr tim elmore from the wonderful website growingleaders.com he's a best-selling author international speaker and president of growing leaders go check out his website growingleaders.com we'll be right back this is the matt townsend show right here on sirius xm 143 byu radio Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking right now to Dr. Tim Elmore, who is teaching us how to, uh, you know, grow leaders. He's he's the founding founder and president of Growing Leaders, a nonprofit that uh, helps to develop emerging leaders. And uh, Tim's a best-selling author. He and his organization are trying to teach children and people that work with children how to grow leaders. If you go to his website, growingleaders.com, great blogs there, great insight, things you can learn to to be able to lead the next generation. 
But uh, as we're wrapping this up, Tim, again, welcome back to the show. Are you there, Tim? Yes, I'm oh, here. It's okay. Uh, just, just again, my grown-up teenager here. <laughs> he, he uh, yeah, a, a young lady walked in the room. Let's just be real. Oh. And yeah. it just threw him for a minute. Do you have anything for that, Tim? Because... So here I've got a guy, I don't know, uh, 16 going on 24, 24 going on 16, I guess. And, and a lovely lady walks in, and he's just, I lost him. Yeah. Is that normal? It happens. Okay. Yes, it's normal. It's normal. Okay. Is there anything we could do? I mean, is there, do you yell? Because, see, I was about to yell, but, okay. Well, you know what, Tim? We'll take this one off air. We'll I take... have no, I, yes, well, let's do this off the air. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because really, I need something. We, we've had we've had banners up with slogans. We've tried to motivate him. We've had him do a mission statement. None of that worked. And uh, and then one little lady walks in and we lose him. Anyway. Yes. Good to have you. Okay. Well, Tim, welcome back. But uh, here's the deal. I'm glad you finally got on the air. Just had to push a button. And here's the key, Tim. As we're wrapping this up, you're teaching leaders, kids to become leaders, how how do we balance cuz we don't want to be overly involved as a parent we don't want to micromanage right. we don't want to be under involved so what are the things we should be making sure our kids are doing overall well, a couple of, let me give you a couple of thoughts first okay. and then i can move into some practical actions yeah first of all i made the statement earlier i want to really uh, underscore it we need to make sure that we're giving equal time preparing as we are protecting hmm. we are very very concerned about protecting don't stop that I'm just saying the further out you can see into the future, the better the decision you're going to make as a parent today. Love that. As you see what these decisions are going to enable your kids to do or equip them to do or disable them. So look out into the future. How is this decision going to, going to affect my kids? Yeah, and we really don't. We like, don't prepare, though. I mean, it's almost yeah, – it would take yeah. more to prepare them. We just think we're going to prevent them from having any pain. Yes. But really, absolutely. they need to be able to handle it once it comes and they're on their own. So true. In fact, I tell you, a phrase we often use is, we need to make sure we're not just preparing the path for the child, but the child for the path. That's great. Uh, we're so good at paving the way and get, making sure they get into the college we want them into. And I'm saying, no, 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 no. Get them ready for whatever path they may have to go down. Mm. That's, that's going to be the key. Love that. Um, a second thought, Matt, that I want to share that I think is, um, is a helpful thought the two things that we, they most need when they leave our home, outside of our love and so forth, is autonomy and responsibility. We need to give them equal doses of autonomy and responsibility. Autonomy is usually what every teen is asking for when they you know, turn right. 15, leave 15, me 15 alone. years old. Yeah. yeah, leave me alone. I'm a grown-up. What are you treating me like a child for? But I'm saying if you give them an amount of autonomy, make sure you give them an equal amount of responsibility. Hmm. For instance, my son Jonathan got his driver's license a few years ago, but he didn't get a car right away. He was saving for that, so he'd have to borrow the family car. Oh, boy. So I would say, okay, here are the car keys. Fill up the tank with gas. And he would go, fill up the tank with gas. And I would say, or you can make a car payment. Either one, it's up to you. (laughs) But my point was, if I give you the car... That's autonomy. You should not enjoy a car, really, without a little taste, not a big taste, a little taste of here's what it means to have a car. Love that. I think we create brats when we give autonomy without responsibility. Oh, yeah. So 
Yeah, so now, five years old, they should have five-year-old autonomy, just a little bit, and five-year-old responsibility, just a little bit. But as they turn 15, 20, they should always go together. Hmm. And so moms and dads, as you're listening, whatever they're asking you for, just know you should. And by the way, sometimes they're scared and they want a lot. Maybe the homeschool kids are very responsible. They need to be nudged in autonomy. Yeah. Both are very, very healthy to give in equal doses. I so, love that. I mean, because um, sometimes we handcuff them, don't we? We, they've yeah. had everything they wanted. They've never had to be responsible. Or we make them responsible, yep. but they're not really yeah. in charge of themselves, and they don't have autonomy. That's exactly right. You can usually see that they're they're erring on one side or the other, and I think those should just always go together. Love it. So, yep. It's like you've taught so, that a lot, me, Tim. It's like you thought that through. Yeah. Well, it's just become so apparent. And by the way, it's apparent with school teachers, football, you know, coaches, yeah. youth workers. We all need to be do this is it's a mild form of child abuse if we don't do this. Yeah, no, exactly. It is. It is. It's subtle, isn't it? So because we're we're, yeah, we're ham, yeah. you know, we're hamstring them. We're 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 hurting them. We're that's we're, right. We're not letting them to- fully stretch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Now, Matt, I, I hope this is appropriate. I have a free resource on our website. Could I recommend? Yeah, please go right ahead. Yeah. On our website, it, it, there is a, a PDF that you can download. It's called 52 Leadership Ideas You Can Use with Students. And it's really students of all ages. Yeah. You just kind of can tailor them. But um, if, you, it, it's, if you sign up for our blog, um, this just gives you experiences, projects, things that teach vision, people skills, planning skills. And um, I, because you asked the question, and we really just have a few minutes, that might just be a helpful tool if you, if, if you would like yeah. it, to just download and just go over with your spouse, or if you're a single parent, just think through, how could I use this to build that life skill in my kid? I love it. I just signed up. I just did it. And I didn't even die. Awesome. It's that easy. <laughs> you're still living. You're it's still so living. good. And, but, but really, because there are so many points, I mean, 52 You've given us a ton yeah. just here, but, I mean, there's, there's no end to what we can learn to do this. Yeah, yeah, well, absolutely. Well, and I'm still learning myself, but basically you need to be like a doctor. Let's diagnose what's missing, what's hurting, what's not right here. Yeah. And then I bet you there's probably an exercise that you could do together uh, or, that really begins to build that. And I think the kids want to be challenged. Sure. They want to become the best version of themselves. We just need to create a laboratory where that can happen. Love it. Um, tell me about this. A couple of other ideas that I saw just looking around your site. Uh, do you really think – it seems like a lot of the parents' guilt is getting in the way here. Yeah. We're, we're yeah, pretty guilty. And may, maybe it's because we wish we could spend more time with them. Maybe – but our, we can't let our, our guilt as parents get in the way of their growth. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. And again, neither one of us here, you and I, are are brilliant therapists or whatever, but guilt can do that. And we start now overcompensating when we feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't spend enough time. So we throw money at them or we we overdo this or we turn into, sometimes I think we turn into what I call karaoke parents. Yeah. Now, you know what karaoke is. You know, we, yeah, I love it. It's my favorite. It's the parent that wants to sound like their child, dress like their child, talk like their child. They want to be a buddy. They want to be a pal more than a parent yeah. and to stay close because we definitely want to stay close. Well, I think sometimes we're going to have to have weeks where the kid doesn't like us, and yeah. that's okay. We're earning their respect, and we, and we know that if we do it right, they're going to love us when they're 30. Right. And they look back and say, Dad, 
thanks for helping. Mom, thanks for helping me get ready. By the way, can I just share one thing? Yeah. I just got the coolest call from my daughter, Bethany. She is working on staff. She's 25 years old. She's got a, a great job. She called me up, and it was so funny. She goes, Dad, I was just calling to say thanks. Hmm. And I kind of paused, waiting. And, and I said, well, thanks for what? Oh, you know, just everything. And I still wasn't getting it. So I said, well, what do you mean? And she stumbled over her words, but she essentially wanted – here's what she said. I'm working in an office with a bunch of 20-somethings. And she goes, they're all goobers. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> and she goes, I just got to thinking, you and Mom got me ready for this. I'm showing them what to do. Oh, wow. And I thought, Payday. what a call that a dad wants to get yeah. from a daughter or a son, for that matter, yeah. who says, I'm 25 and I'm ready to go. Is she married? So. <laughs> no, she's Okay, because I uh, Sky wanted the number for the earlier one. I want I want her number for Sky. Yes. Because she sounds very mature. I bet you she could knock him into next week. That'd be great. That would get him going. Um, do you? But answer me this. This is a question I get all the time. Do do parents? Because you obviously raised your daughter well. Should should we give a should we give an allowance? Great question. And there are differing philosophies, as you know. That's probably why you asked yeah. the question. I think if it's done right, it's a good thing. Yeah. But what we always did was we tied it to things that we felt like were going to build virtues that they needed as adults. In other words, what gets rewarded gets repeated. Right. So, um, you know, we, we, we would give an allowance for, for doing chores because we thought that's work and that's building a work ethic. But we also paid them to read good books. There you go. We thought, my goodness, they get paid to take out the garbage. Why not pay them to read a, you know, a great, a great book that's going to teach some great values? So if you do it right, just know what gets rewarded gets repeated. Yeah. And um, so we felt like that was important to tie to, to something that we really value. Yeah. And you're going to stick on the line right after to talk to our Skyboy and fix him. Is that right? <laughs> If you don't think it's uh, impossible, I'll do my best. Well, I do, but <laughs> whatever. Hey, uh, okay, one more thing, one more question. Only got a few seconds. What's the one thing? So if you think of everything you've learned in trying to grow leaders, what yeah. would you say is kind of the most leveraged one thing that we as parents should be focusing on? Oh, my gosh. On? The one wow. thing that, that makes such a, huge... such a big difference. Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm going to say something that's probably going to sound cheesy, but that's I'm right. going to risk it here. Okay. Um, I really believe that leaders are built from the inside out, not the outside in. Yeah. So while most of the time they're getting clapped for for their piano recital or their football game or all those skill sets that they do out on the field or on the stage, I just believe it's being before doing, uh, and it's, it's building character before charisma. Hmm. Um, so don't, don't just know they're getting clapped for all those outside things. Really what we need to make sure is we need to make sure that it's, well, I'll tell you what, it's one of our habitudes. Yep. One of our habitudes is the iceberg. The 10% of that iceberg that's above the waterline yep. represents your skills. They're visible. But the 90% that lies beneath the surface represents your character. Yeah. And that's the part that sinks the ship. Love or it. supports the tip. Yep. So we, I would just say moms and dads, don't be afraid to reward those things that are really about virtues and disciplines and character, because that's the stuff that's going to hold them up when they need to be held up. Love it. Dr. Tim Elmore, you nailed it, wrapped it up for us. Well, thank you, Matt. Great Keep up the with. great work. And really, everybody, go to growingleaders.com. Such a wonderful website. Go sign up for that free 52-point um, booklet. Really, there's so many ideas on that site. Just get into the blog as well. 
We appreciate it. And keep growing your kids. Growingleaders.com. Uh, Check out that website. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more ideas, more tools to help you uh, continue parenting. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. So the Matt Townsend Show, hey, uh, this show, learning, continuous improvement as we go. Um, I have a cold today, so I feel under the weather, but um, you may have noticed just a few snafus uh, during the show. A minute ago, Sky was distracted by a lovely lady. I don't want to name names of who the lovely distraction was. Anyway, we won't name names. Um, but uh, then Sky. <laughs> Had to leave early. Whatever. Um, so Victoria's filling in, but then she was distracted by a handsome fellow. And, and then I started making lots of noise. And then Bryce showed up, and you – now I am going to name names. Bryce, you distracted. <laughs> you distracted Victoria. And she didn't even know she was supposed to hit the button. Look, we just have fun, and sometimes it gets out of hand. Well, I, I just wasn't paying attention. I know, but he was distracting. Like I mean, you were just like mesmerized. But like, and let's, let's just be not real. Make Victoria bigger. It wasn't quite like that. But you were the one that was. You were also distracting. You distracted Sky. You were the woman that distracted Sky. I you know, just came in and asked him a question. How come Merritt's the only one that's not distracted? Just wait. She's going to distract <laughs> one of us. Oh, is that next? Okay, we'll see. Man, that's great. Anyway, I appreciate it. It's good. It's good to have you, Victoria. Appreciate you being here. I love being here. Thank you, Matt. We um, we're still trying to come up with a nickname for Victoria. Yeah. Uh, we're, we were leaning with Vicky. But I don't like that. But she didn't like that, and we're still wondering if, okay, I guess you'll have to like her name. So <laughs> Victoria, we're going to name her Tori. Uh, we're going to name her Tor. Then that sounded like an evil, menacing monster. Anyway, I'll keep thinking. Good to have you, Victoria. Don't even ask. Nobody wants to know where Sky went. No one wants to know. <laughs> Again, doesn't show for a week, and then he leaves. Whatever. He's a busy man. Uh, joining us on the phone, though, is the Joy, Vanessa Joy from VanessaJoy.com. She's an award-winning vocalist, had the distinct honor of singing for the USO at the Wounded Warriors Center in Germany. She's performed for the U.S. Ambassador in Cairo. Hello. She starred in her first Hi. Gilbert and Sullivan operetta. How are you, Vanessa? I'm good, Matt. How are you? Great. I have a cold, Vanessa. I can't even tell. But can't you're you? Hiding it well. Do you think my voice no. sounds deeper, more masculine? <laughs> Over the phone, I don't know. I wouldn't. It's I not wouldn't picking be able up. To tell. Yeah, in my headset, I sound more like a father. Oh, really? Some people That's say I have a mousy voice. Going. You're ready to sing now. Yeah, then. I'm ready to sing. And who else would we call when I'm ready to sing? But Vanessa Joy. Hello. <laughs> so Vanessa, have uh, you've got kids, right? Two. Yes. Hey, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the the, U- the USO that I sang in Germany for the USO. Yeah. Because today's Veterans Day, and I want to give a shout out to everybody, all the veterans. See. I'm so thankful for Veterans Day. That is. They're, they're just amazing people. Honestly. My grandfather in Minnesota, he's he's a World War II veteran. Is he really? And I'm just so proud of him. Yes. And also, my husband is a is a world is is a veteran as well. Is he really? And. Uh, 
Yes. Did you marry what what oh, uh, what branch of service? In the army. Whoa. So I'm really grateful for for uh, this day. I'm just so proud of them, and I just wanted to give a shout out to all the veterans. It's huge. And, I appreciate um, you doing that. Yeah. Really, we love them, and you know where would we be? It's wonderful. I mean, and, and again, we've been talking about over-parenting. I bet there's a lot of parents that won't let their kids join the military nowadays. Probably probably so, or they're worried about them. But yeah. I'm just, I'm really glad I was able to go over to Germany and sing uh, for the troops there. I was able to sing for the wounded warrior warriors there, and um, it was just an honor. That's, so anyway, I'm, did, I just wanted to bring that up real quick. I know you have other things no. to talk about. Well, first about, of all, did you, you've, you put together a new CD, didn't you? I did. It's a Christmas album that's out now. and This is when you buy Christmas albums. What's it called? Yes. It's a beautiful album. It's called Joy to the World. Joy? It's, it's beautiful, too. Yes. To the world. <laughs> you, is it, it's a play on your name. Yes. I want everybody to, to never forget the title. So. Yeah. You know, you know that song came out before you did. <laughs> yeah, I do know. Just keep that straight. <laughs> There's there's an order to things. <laughs> so Vanessa, are you? Uh, would you, you say know, you're a very overparenting parent? Do you well, let your kids fall? Yes, this is a good subject. I love the subject today of your show. And um, you know, since we're talking about that, I want to tell you a story about when I was my husband was deployed. So we're talking about you know he was deployed, and I needed a kid. I needed someone to mow like mow like. Mow my lawn. Yeah. Sorry, I'm having trouble talking. It's all right. And uh, he, so I got this kid. There was a kid in the neighborhood. He was 15 years old. And uh, I asked him if he would come and mow my lawn. And he was, um, you know, a nice-sized kid, good, strong muscles. Yeah. And I had two acres of land, and wow. I was in Texas. Oh, my gosh. Were you yeah, trying to kill the boy? Land to mow. You were killing yeah. the boy. So anyway... I, I guess I was. So anyway, he comes over to take a look and see if he wants the job because it, he had asked, actually. Yeah. He was asking people for, for jobs because he's trying to um, pay for scout camp. Yeah. And so I figured, you know, this is great. I don't want to have to do it myself. And so he comes over. He takes one look at my yard, and he's there for about approximately one minute. His parents <laughs> had to drive him because he wasn't old enough yet. And he says to me, I don't think so. I think I'm going to have to pass. And I couldn't believe it. It left me stunned. Why? What was his... I could not believe. I was going to pay him good money. I know. This is an expensive scout camp. I mean, I wasn't a cheap person. I was paying him the same amount of money that a professional motor company would have had to be. Yes. So I was paying him good money. What was his deal? he turned it down. I don't know. I don't know what happened. He went and found something else, evidently. But the thing is that got me the most was that I was, I was wondering, kept thinking, what did, what did the parents say to him when he got back in the car and said, no, I'm not going to take this job? And what happened then? What was the conversation yeah. between he and his parents? I don't know what happened. And it's always kind of left me hanging. Do you want to know? I'll let you know. I'm a parent like that. <laughs> Here's what they said. Well, I'm thinking... They said, no way. What did they say? That's that Vanessa Joy. They said, that. hey, that's that Vanessa Joy. She's, she's world famous. She's, she's saying to the U.S. ambassador in Cairo, Egypt, you can't, if you get, her husband's, her husband's away at war. You're going to have to do it for free. And he's like, it's two acres, mom. That's the thing. It could have been. 
been a real great opportunity for him to do some service for me, you know? Yeah. I mean, that would have been great, but no, I was willing to pay him, and I ended up having to do it myself, and I got the worst blisters on Are you serious? On both hands. I mean, yes, so awful. I really, See? really needed some help. So I didn't do it more than two times before I finally called it quits and then started paying a, a company to do it yeah. because it was really murder on my hands. But See, that's over-parenting. Um, we don't know, do we? Did you ever call the mom? Yeah, no, I don't. So, no, I didn't. I ever, I never did speak with her. But, you know, I was really looking forward to this, this young man coming and helping out with, with something like that. I felt I was helping him, sure. too, by a win-win. providing him the money. and Right. So, but what I'm, I mean, I, it's interesting how... You know, parenting today is, I, I don't know what happened in that situation, but I think sometimes parents today are so afraid to say no. Right. Um, we, that we know, get in the way. They're, it's, well, like, they're afraid maybe to, um, you know, they're afraid of what their kids are going to think or how how's this going to make them feel about me. And um, they're worried about, you know, if their kids want to buy a certain kind of clothes, they can't say no that doesn't, that's too old for you or yeah. they, they just don't know how to say no. You know what? They don't and, know how to say no. Well, and it, we, we were talking about this in one of our meetings about the show. Um, the, there's this mm-hmm. concept called accessory parenting that Merritt has researched. Mm-hmm. Merritt, what, what is that about? Accessory parenting. So what – that's kind of – I don't know. I made that term up. I like no, it. No, what it is is when, I feel, when parents act like their child is an accessory rather than a small human being who needs their help and guidance. They're like so they're like a purse. <laughs> exactly. So for example, there's a popular thing right now, wigs for babies, bald babies. Hold on. Now cuz Vanessa, I know Vanessa's kids all wear wigs. Wigs for babies. Wigs for babies. <laughs> So, that is so if, crazy. if your baby is bald, it can have a very nice. Aren't all babies bald? Wig. Here's another one: um, stilettos for babies because they can't it. walk. So of course you should put hold them in stilettos. It. But it's, you know why? It's to elongate the leg because <laughs> they've just got those little <laughs> chubby legs, and you want those longer. Exactly. Well, in case okay, you so, want that little diaper to just be pumped up a little bit. And I feel like the it's perfect so platform silly. for this, right, is Facebook and Instagram. So it was just Halloween, right? So the mom gets their kid ready. Yeah. You know, they may be crying in the background, but they're going to look cute in their yeah. costume. Yeah. And then you can put it all yeah, over well, Instagram. The other thing about the internet, you know, social media, all of that. I mean, people are never going to see what's really going on. I mean, you might have your kid looking picture perfect in the picture, but nobody <laughs> sees the laundry basket full of unfolded clothes right. on the you know side that they cut out. You know, I mean. You you just don't. It's a facade. It totally is a facade. Do, but you're, I've seen easy. I've seen your family pictures, Vanessa, with your oh, kids you in stilettos and all, <laughs> you know, frou froued up. I mean, they've got more hair than uh, Mariah Carey. You know, know, it's funny. Before I had my blog, I used to tease people and say, you know, I'm going to start a blog someday, and I'm going to show the real me. I'm going to show that my bed's not made and that my laundry's yeah. piled up to the ceiling, that I have dishes in my sink, and I'm going to take pictures of all that stuff. Yeah, you're eating I'm chocolate take pictures of my on your couch. Life, you know? Yeah, <laughs> You're yelling at your kids. Actually, I do make my bed every day. That That is a must. But Do you? <laughs> there are things that I – you know, your life is not per- picture perfect at all times. And, yeah, I think people, I think people see, you know, and they want – they have an extension of – themselves it's yeah. just their child is an extension of themselves they see their child as as them rather than the, a separate human being and um i i don't 
I don't know why that is, but I I don't know. I wish yeah. I knew the answer to well, that. I don't know. Well, sometimes I don't like it. I know. And music, <laughs> uh, I just did an event where my son, I had my son play for the event and it was um, it was I did it because we needed somebody to just do kind of introduction music. I mean, just music while people oh. are getting there and stuff. But he he nailed it. But it's interesting. Everyone comes. Oh, you must be so proud of your son. Like it was about me accessorizing with my son. But really, when I sat there and watched him, I mean, I, I wear my own yeah. heels. I wear my own stilettos. I don't need my right, son to right. wear my stilettos, but I oh, right. the joy I felt watching him just gaining his own life and his own identity and his own experience is what it should mm-hmm. be about versus because mm-hmm. I'm assuming you I mean your parents had to have derived a lot of pleasure and benefit from knowing their Vanessa Joy's mom and dad, the Vanessa Joy. Oh, sure. I mean, sure, I think any parent is is happy and pleased with their child when they're making good choices and they're seeing success in their lives. I think every parent, I think there's nothing wrong with being pleased with your child um, and celebrating their their successes and the things that they do. I think when it gets a little bit carried away is when, you know, you go to ballet class with your kids and at, after every ballet class, they get a popsicle or gymnastics, they get a sticker. I mean, yeah. why do we have to get all these extra things? Why can't we just go to ballet class? And that's what it was. That was what it was for, it was yeah. to be just in ballet class. Or, you know, after every soccer game, do we really need to go out for ice cream? Do we really need to go out for ice cream after every soccer game? Well, just Can't if you we love them. have the win or the loss be what was fun? Yeah. No, I love that. We're always, like, we're always add, adding on to these things and, you know, celebrate when it's called for. But I think children are just starving for responsibility. Well, and your kids, your kids aren't even there to play the game. My kids about by the third quarter, they're like, Hey, so what's the treat, dad? What's the treat? And I'm like, just focus, finish the game, pal. Finish the game. There is no treat. If you don't finish the game, focus. Are we going to have Capri Suns, dad? Cause I, if we have Capri Suns, I, I want, I want tropical fruit. I'm like, finish the game, pal. Don't make daddy throw a scene right here. Finish the game. You know, I go and um, I do motivational speaking at different schools yeah. uh, throughout the United States. I even did it in Germany, actually. went to a couple of schools there, Did you too, speak but, in German? Um, I, I didn't, but the kids spoke in English. Really? That was, was helpful. so cool. Yes. And we sang with them. I got to sing with them. And they sang to me. It was oh, so cute. sweet. It was really Did you cute. give them a Capri Sun but, after? <laughs> and some orange slices? No, I didn't. No, the treat was just that I was there. See, you know, you know, by presence. the way, that's all so we I'm need. Teasing. That's I'm why totally that's teasing. why we do this show. <laughs> like as long as Vanessa no, shows okay. up, we these are the days we don't give treats cuz Vanessa was on the show. Oh gosh, I can't believe I said that. Anyway, no, really the what I what I speak about though, I tell we I usually use mostly use music to to motivate and to inspire these yeah. kids and um in part of the talking sec segment um i talk about how when you get on a bike um does everybody remember what it's like when you're first learning how to ride a bike and you take those training wheels off yeah everybody of course remembers that and i ask them did you just go and you're riding a bike totally easy and never fall and everybody of course laughs yeah (laughs) and they remember okay so then i say so why'd you get back on it hurts when you fall down and you scrape up your knees or you get a hole in your jeans and 
why do we get back on? Why do we constantly get back on? What is that? And I ask all the kids, and they have great variety of answers. And really, it teaches them, okay, so the reason why you're getting back on the bike is because you want something. Hmm. So you're willing to work at it. And um, anyway, so I, that's kind of part of the whole, the, the purpose is to inspire them to see why, why are they in music class? Why are they taking this drama class? It's to, yeah. it's to learn how to work. And no, to I love that. And we don't teach that very well, do we? We just kind of use all well, this extrinsic no. motivator, like, yeah, we'll give you your cell phone. You'll get more time on your cell phone. I'll give you a Capri Sun. You'll get a stamp. We give all these things instead of just letting it be what they want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not going to last if we keep doing that. There's going to be a day, let me just tell you, that, you know, we're going to have a natural disaster and there will be no more Capri Sun. And then all work will stop. No kids will work. There will be no more treats. It's all going to, it's over. Don't want to be negative. Maybe this is my cold talking. Bad. You like those Capri Suns, I can tell. Yeah, it's the only way I can motivate my kids. I mean, it's—I don't know if you know this. It's a juice. It's—it's it's you put a straw in. It's a straw, and you stick it in a baggy thing. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> Vanessa Joy, uh, we're going to take a break. Will you hang with us, Vanessa? Because yeah. I want to yeah, play a game. We have a game right. that I don't know if it's a game. But we, we make things games that really aren't even games. When you come back, we're going to play this thing called Get Involved. Should you as a parent get involved if this is happening? And if so, how do you get involved? Vanessa Joy is joining us on that. Go to VanessaJoy.com and, uh, you know, you can not only just enjoy Vanessa, but you can look at her albums. She's got a wonderful Christmas album. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. The board's being run by Victoria, uh, who apparently doesn't like it when my watch crystal flashes bright light into her eyes. By some horrible twist of fate, the seat where Matt is has a light directly facing it. It's like a spotlight. Anything that... Can reflect light. We'll reflect it right in. The I've got glasses. Position. Pretty I've much, got... I need to talk to the engineering or the yeah. It's the making engineering guys. Look at she's crying. Tell them to get rid of the lights. We need to use the light. This is what happens when I'm on cold medicine. Hmm. I just I don't know. It seems more fun to flash your eyes with my watch. Um, today, right now, we are gonna wrap up the show. We've got. Just a few minutes to play a fun game. On the phone is with us is Vanessa Joy, who's an award-winning vocalist. She promised if we do a good job today, she'd end the show uh, singing one of her top numbers. What is your top number, Vanessa? Heaven, I don't know. Shenandoah. I don't have a top number. I don't... Do you? Uh, yeah, Old Man River. Do you sing that one? I'd love to hear you sing that one. With a cold. With a cold, that's really nice indeed. Yeah. So we're playing a game, Vanessa. We thought you'd like it. The name of the game is what, Merritt? Get involved or not. Get involved or not. Yeah. It's a catchy saying. Oh, there's our music. 
Uh, get involved or not, how hey, does it work? What I'm going to do is I'm going to throw out some parenting scenarios. Yes. And then you and Vanessa can decide whether or not you'd get involved. Wait. And if so, how you'd get involved. Can I get involved? Are you a parent? <laughs> uh, mm, I don't have an answer. I, I have, the answer is no. I think no. we should get to give like kid answers. Like kid answers. They okay. Can be the kids. You guys can be the kids. Why do you want get, okay. to get involved? Because Bryce wants power, we can make him the judge. Yes. Okay. okay. There you go. Vanessa's a mommy of two. Dad, I'm proud of you. You just said no. You said the word no. I, yeah, I didn't mean to. But I did. I said to our kids that are playing kids. I mean, our adults that are playing our children. Okay. Okay, go Merritt. Okay, ready? Yes. Here's your first scenario. Your daughter and her friend seem to not be getting along anymore. Do you get involved or not? Hmm. Nope. Vanessa says no. Uh, Yep, I say no. Are we being honest? Because I wouldn't even know my daughter's friend was over. I as long as they're not in my room, get not getting along. I don't. I would not get involved. Do not get involved. I would know. I would. Oh, uh, that would be. Get involved. What do you say? That Gosh. would be no, the correct that's... answer. Yeah, we all said no. Woo-hoo. The reason because teenagers don't get involved with teenagers. <laughs> don't ever ever. <laughs> I guess as far as the teenagers, that's a great rule. Okay, great rule. Good. See, we all passed that one. These are easy. Kay. Give me a hard one. You want another one? Hmm. <laughs> Go for it. Your son is going in for a job interview. Really? Does he get involved? We're not. <laughs> Heavens, no. <laughs> no. How old's your son? Absolutely not. Vanessa, do you <laughs> have a son? I don't have one. How old's no. your daughter? But Heavens, no. What are they thinking? Why are parents doing that? I seriously don't yeah, get it. Yeah, well. We don't get it. Uh, it okay. So they are not going to be doing the job, are they? I don't <laughs> think the parent cares as long as the kid's out of his house. So that's what they're doing. They're trying to get him out. Yeah, I, I wouldn't get involved. I, w- I, w- I would actually, I would prep my kid a little bit. I would say, do you know what you're doing? Do you know what they actually want? Do you know you're supposed to wear pants? Stuff like that. <laughs> okay. Get pants on, my son. No, I would, I would just let them do what they need to oh, do. Marianne, I, never, I never had any help with any of that. Okay, Vanessa, so I, I know, I, but look I, what happened. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Oh, you She's, hit it big. Oh, oh That's yeah. Right. Okay, so we're split on that one. What's the right answer, Bryce? Uh, the right answer is to get involved. Wow. Get involved? That came from the guy. <laughs> his mom just walked into his latest job interview. <laughs> Worked for me. Get involved in their job interview. His mom okay. got his job here. She came in. Really? Yep. She wrote us. <laughs> she brought him in, all dressed up in his parka. That's cute. He's so cute. Okay, well. You ready for another one? Well, the reason I say no is because I think that's how you learn. Yeah, I think you're right. Failure provides us a chance to learn and become good at what we choose to do. So if you are going to fail somewhere, if you're going to fall down off your bike, whatever, you cannot protect your kids from everything. And um, that's how we learn. Okay, that's one side of the equation, which I totally agree with. (laughs) The other side is they live with you till they're 50. They live with you till you not die. Unless, <laughs> not unless you're letting them do their, making their own choices along the way. I'm not going to have my kids in my house after they're 20. Wow. <laughs> you're mean. <laughs> they will be gone. You know what? I high five. High five that you said I'm mean. Because every time my kids say, you're mean, I high five myself. You know what? They that call me I've too. I've done something right. They call me that, every time. They say, every time. <laughs> I'm tired of it. Every time. 
time they say that, I feel like high-fiving myself, and I do. I agree. I'm glad. Because Kids, it means I'm doing something right. That it, it also means you're kind of guilt-free. You've done enough that you're not just sitting here suffering guilt, trying to make them feel, you know, enabling it. Let's do one more really you want fast. Okay. These are fun. <laughs> Your five-year-old daughter did not pick out clothes that match. And oh, that's such a good one. Okay, what do you I do? I don't care about that. I don't get involved. What if she gets beat up in preschool because she's mismatched? That's how she'll learn. She'll learn to match her clothes the next day then. What if she buys Honestly, a gun? Truly. What if she gets violent? She buys a gun? This could get really ugly, Vanessa. <laughs> it starts with mismatched clothes. Honestly. Next thing you know, she's cooking methamphetamine somewhere. Listen to me. My sister used to wear the same sweater five days in a row, okay? And I know. I'm not going to tell you which sister. That's I gross. That, that she's not going to feel like I've talked bad about her, but <laughs> she did. Did she survive? what? She is a fashion queen now. Really? She is a fashion queen. Yes. Okay. So absolutely let your kids do what they, I mean, it's not hurting them. No. To pick out their clothes. If they wear pink socks with a purple and blue striped hat and whatever. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I love it. I've got Actually, it. It's kind of a fashion anyway to not match these days. So. No, it is. I've got the answer. <laughs> I'm going to just take Vanessa's lead. I'm gonna I'm gonna make my kids pick out an outfit, whether it matches or not, but they have to wear it for five days. It's a five day outfit, a la Vanessa Joy. Um, we gotta go, Vanessa. You're the best. Thanks for that input. Thanks so much, Matt. Go check out VanessaJoy.com, the website. You can also see her brand new uh, album there, Joy to the World. I don't know if that's really the name of it, but it's got joy yes, in it. It is. It is. Vanessa's the best. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're out of here. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with more tools, more ideas, more, you know, solutions to give you a leg up on this crazy thing called life. Thanks for listening. We'll be back right here on BYU Radio.